Welcome back to the Friday recap with KLF and first episode that we have a guest on live interview. Hey, Oshin, welcome to the recap. Hey, KLF. For anybody who doesn't know who you are, can you give us like the, the one-two punch on, on Oshin O'Connor? <laughs> one-two punch. Wow. I don't know if I can sum up my life in a one-two punch. I'm not that good. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, I'm one of the co-founders here at Recharge CEO. I started off, I'm a product engineer at heart, started off actually building software in the nonprofit space in crowdfunding. So got into payments, got into like social enterprises. You know, we were definitely in the right space, or the right idea at the time of build crowdfunding. And this was in the 2000s, but we were like in the wrong market. And so that kind of made me realize like, I love building products. I love being an entrepreneur. But I want to service people that can actually pay me some money. <laughs> that <And> then... <laughs> so was a nice benefit, right? Yeah, a little benefit. You know, I, I had to move out of my, my parents' house at some point. You know, <laughs> you know, you can only be, I've ever been in my, my my parents' back house when I was like 30. And I was like, oh my God, I got This is it. it. Yeah, this is, it. This is this the is... moment I got to go. Yeah, like this entrepreneurship has to work. I have to be able to build a successful company. So anyways, you know, got into commerce about 10 years ago. And what was really exciting as a product engineer, we were excited. One is that there was this rising wave of D2C commerce. So we saw this amazing wave. We also saw that we would be able to solve a lot of interesting emerging problems. And we got to work with a lot of entrepreneurs and people building up businesses. And like that always resonated to us. It was like, hey, we felt like more entrepreneurship, more business owners was going to be a net positive for the world. And just really exciting people to work with. So got into the space 10 years ago, started a development agency because that was the one skill set I had. And <laughs> we learned the space. We launched six different products in those first wow. couple of years. So we really iterating, testing, seeing where the market was, the opportunities. And about eight years ago, we launched Recharge and bootstrapped that to about 20 million in revenue. So it didn't take any outside funding. Wow. You know, it's a really a humble experience to run a development agency and then run a software company. So now we're here. So, you know, <laughs> that's, my, that's not a one, two punch, but that's a little bit of the story. Yeah. We'll call it like a three, four punch. I like it. I also share a very similar, like when you're talking about why commerce got really exciting for you guys, that's what I got really excited about too, is like, if I'm going to be working at some sort of tech company selling software, ultimately to help somebody do something, there's something really like, exciting and almost contagious about the e-commerce brands, entrepreneurship, ownership. I remember when I was in college, I am pretty sure I even like made this as like a, a broad statement where I was like, I will never be happy in my career until I am marketing dog products to pet people. And then slowly realized that actually there's so many cool brands out there that in the position that kind of recharge and we both sit in, we actually get to see like all these really cool brands and kind of get to watch the whole story of commerce, which is really interesting and really exciting. We're going to get into this because today we're going to recap ChargeX, which is our annual conference we had in DC just last week. I just barely made it to DC because Colorado threw a blizzard at me at the end of April, but we made it. And you had an amazing keynote speech that I kind of want to almost almost recreate, but really just talk about kind of what happened at ChargeX. This year we called it ChargeX Beyond. 
And at the beginning of your keynote, when you came on stage, you really talked about what that beyond means to us and to, to commerce. Can you explain a little bit why we came up with the term ChargeX beyond? You know, now that I've seen like a decade in commerce, I've kind of seen these distinct phases and I think we're entering a new phase. And so the first phase that I saw was the rise of D2C. This was the, the small entrepreneurs, people figuring out Facebook advertising. You know, when I started building in the Shopify ecosystem, Shopify was only like 100 employees, right? 10 years ago. And I think a lot of people forget that. And what happened was there was this period where the social media penetration went up. You could start to do targeted advertising, lookalike audiences launched in 2013. And so there was just an explosion in entrepreneurs, people building and creating products, selling them in the market. And it was just a really exciting time. You know, it was like the wild, wild west. And about three or four years into that, I saw another phase of commerce that we started to enter into was this scale period. And so what was happening was that the one, the Facebook marketing got technology, got really good at targeting people. And people started to figure out the playbooks. The other thing was that consumers got really comfortable buying directly from the brands, right? The experiences mm. started to become like Amazon or elsewhere. And so you, you started to see, you know, multi-million dollar brands emerge, right? And, you know, I think people don't realize like the Chive was the biggest success story on Shopify for like a decade, right? And Shopify in 2013, even at a hundred people had been around for almost a decade, right? And their biggest merchant was the Chive, which was like a meme site that, you know, did maybe, a, you know, 10 million plus, right? God, what a throwback. I haven't heard the Chive I know, so I know. But that was like the big <laughs> thing. That was like, yeah. And, and, but what happened was as you had this new channel that people could sell into, which was Facebook, you started to see the explosion, right? Of what people could become. So now the merchants, instead of, you know, being these like smaller brands, they could actually become multi-million dollar revenue brands, right? Um, and that was really exciting. And I think as a, you know, we were, Recharge was born in that start phase for the early entrepreneurs. And in that scale phase, we realized everything was about best of breed, being a point solution, servicing agencies and developers. I've even written the blog post, why best of breed tools are better <laughs> back exactly. in this exact zone. Yes. <laughs> totally. And so that was the phase, right? And that really accelerated. Um, and then what happened was over the last couple of years, you've had two significant things. You had COVID, which I think accelerated the scale period, right? And what people don't realize is one, the number of stores on Shopify 3X, right? So the number of, you know, yeah. I always think about things as supply and then demand, you know, the supply just 3X, right? And that demand was kind of artificially high because everyone was stuck indoors. And so when we went back after being locked in for a year, we actually went back to like kind of the medium of where we were before, but the supply didn't change, right? So, so that was one big change. And then the other big change that we saw was iOS updates. It just became harder to target audiences, mm. to scale those audiences. And I think, you know, people always say like, oh, well, I don't do Facebook advertising or I haven't been impacted, but I think the ripple on effects are so much bigger because you know, we're all competing, right? And so if you had a competitor that was impacted by this, they're now competing with you in all sorts of other areas. And that changes the, the dynamics, right? Now, what we believe is that we're moving into an optimization phase, right? We're moving to a more mature phase. And in this period, we see that people need to move faster on how do they drive rep more revenue. They have less resources to implement lots of solutions, to optimize those solutions across each other. 
And so that's where the, the zeitgeist. And I believe what I think is exciting to me is each of these phases unlock new opportunity. So even yeah. though it feels like, holy shit, things are hard, it's actually because it's hard, it creates that opportunity. Because if you figure out how to master this period, there is so much more opportunity. So I don't know. That, that was a little bit of like my little history lesson, I guess, of that, or my own personal story. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember a time where e-commerce wasn't really a thing, but I was in high school and e-commerce wasn't a thing. Like I was saving money to go to Best Buy to buy an iPod Nano or like a digital camera from eBay. That was kind of the extent of it. And just to think that now it's so commonplace to shop with individual brands, to discover a brand in retail, discover a brand on Amazon, and then become part of their kind of circle. I've also kind of watched the wave, but in a very interesting way. And then when I came into the industry was really in that like scale 2017 to 2022 zone where a lot of people were calling it the quote unquote golden era of D to C because Facebook became very easy. You could really put in like put in $10, make $20 back, which (laughs) I think anybody listening to this knows that's not possible anymore. And that's not how Facebook works anymore. And I've kind of always had the idea that I don't know that that phase was actually the golden era. I do get excited about this new phase, this maturity phase, because it is coming back to the core of commerce and brands are having to actually be a lot more creative, a lot more unique, differentiating themselves across everything from copy, imagery, messaging, into the whole technical approach to commerce. And I think for consumers, in the end, that's probably better. But for the brands, it is a lot harder than it has been kind of in the last two phases of this. What do you think about that? Do you do you get excited about this this new stage, even though it's a little harder for merchants to actually execute on it? A hundred percent, actually. I think, you know, yeah, it's the quote unquote golden age, but recharged, we have like 15,000 merchants. We see who's successful. We see who becomes hundred million billion dollar brands. And what we saw was like, if you came up with a really good idea, and you figured out the Facebook advertising, you figured out the right looking website and brand and product. We would see in our platform, once you figured it out six months later, there's like 12 copycats, right? And what they would do is they would eat into your growth potential and they yeah. would eat into your margin. So we would get brands that would be at like 20 million in GMV that aren't making any money, right? How sustainable is that long-term? As an entrepreneur and a builder, I want to build something long-term that lasts, that is successful, that lives beyond myself. And I just think a lot of these things just didn't make sense in the structure they were in. And they would also raise all this money. So you had these brands getting crazy valuations and that they just never could live up to, right? So I think the, the companies that break out in this period, they will be... 10x the size of those previous companies because one is that if they do it, they're going to do it on fundamentals and they're going to build a great business, a great brand, a great community, a great product. And it's going to be very hard to replicate that. It's not yeah. going to be like, hey, I can launch this generic theme on Shopify. I can launch Recharge and I can launch two other things and I'm good. And I can That's- look at your whole Facebook ad library, copy the exact same thing, throw it out and cut into your margins. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's just not going to be how people differentiate. Yeah. And so I think the ones that break out will be even more successful because once they have that, 
the top of the funnel acquisition attention is actually easier now if you have that unit economics behind it. So if you know how to optimize every shopper, you can outcompete everyone at the top of funnel. And it's interesting. I always like to look at history and look at other industries and how do they mature and change. And I was meeting up with these guys, this company called Guthy Ranker. And Guthy Ranker was the direct response shop. So they did TV advertising where you call in and you get the product. That was the original D to C, right? Yeah. When, the uh, sham wow. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> and what actually enabled that, it's really interesting. What enabled that is they changed the laws in America where you could do that kind of advertising on TV. Oh, Right. And that was the explosion of D to C from direct response. And so what they said, though, is after they spent decades building lots of products and brands in direct response is over time, the only companies that could scale and be successful were the ones that had the highest lifetime value. Mm. They made the most amount from their customers and thus they could outcompete everyone at the top of funnel awareness and then own it on the second. Then there's only certain types of companies that actually should form and will get big in the next phase and they will become bigger because they can own that whole funnel. I have not used this term in a while. And this is one that I used to talk about all the time. I used to call it retention-based acquisition. So making sure you're acquiring customers with the foundation to actually make them come back and that wasn't always necessary in the start and the scale phases of commerce we talked about, where now, if you're going to acquire customers, it's so expensive that it is not worth it unless you can retain them. And in your keynote, you said this, the challenges of this phase have tipped the scales back to sustainable business practices, which really sounds like it's this flywheel of business that if you're going to acquire a customer, you have to be set up to retain them, which then makes acquisition easier, which then makes retention easier. And it just creates this sustainable model. Is that, am I hitting on kind of the right, the right idea of what you're seeing in this next phase? Yeah, totally. You know, and I think those are the businesses that will work. And I think even with recharge, we're in a process right now, and that's why we call it ChargeX Beyond, is we are reinventing ourselves. We believe that we need to become the best platform for you to retain and grow your best customers. And the way we're doing that is we're launching lots of products. So you have all the tools you need in one place. We're making it so that you can move faster and iterate now that you have those tools in one place and then giving the data and the insights to improve that. And so that is our thesis from a product perspective, because the companies that will win in this next phase will need to have that ability to retain and grow their best customers so then they can win top of funnel. So this is where it's very exciting, and I'll make sure in the show notes we've linked to the official blog post about this, but this did lead into a pretty big announcement at ChargeX. We've come out and said, yes, subscriptions are the core of Recharge and the core of our product, but we're also rolling into more of a platform because there's all of these touch points that actually are extraordinarily connected from the merchant's perspective and the consumer perspective. So we are following the consumer trends that the merchants are following, and then the technology also has to be there to support what's going on. Can you explain a little bit more about why we're going multi-product and what the, those products are that we're really excited about this year? Yeah, totally. One is that the merchants that are going to be successful now are going to look very different, right? And so then the tech providers that need to service those merchants will look different, right? And so I think technology has to change with the times, otherwise it will be replaced. And so I think we fundamentally believe that we see this thematic change where people 
need to focus on retention of their existing customer base and increasing that lifetime value. And the challenges they have is with that data and those shopper touch points, it's in so many different products and it's just really hard for them to do that. So what we see is we are centralizing more of those things in one place. Subscriptions is at our core, but we launched memberships, which is basically benefits. Like how do you give benefits to your customers? I am or- so excited about memberships. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> totally. Well, like, like you, if you think about the core is like retention, yeah. well, a big part is like, hey, do I get benefits from continually buying from somebody? So that so subscription is the building block. Memberships is the building block. We also launch rewards. So around this idea of retention, if you want to get people to buy stuff, you need to reward them, right? Yeah. So we're giving them the ability to do things like credits, like 10% cash back. These are mechanisms to create that loyalty in a company and also repeat purchases. And then the other product that we launched was bundles. So this is, again, how do you, someone buys one item, how do you get to buy two or three items? And how do you Mm -hmm. dynamic pricing to to do that? And so we launched these kind of building blocks at this ChargeX Beyond. And now we're also launching our automation system. So on top of that, it's great that all your tools are in one place, but how do you create the automations on top of that to basically iterate and test and figure out what is the right set of these building blocks for your business. So yeah, it's it's exciting. I, you know, as a product engineer, I actually, I get more excited in these periods because you're building <laughs> the future and you're building yeah. something that doesn't exist. And, you know, it was really interesting. I had a lot of meetings with merchants and I would say the, the overall thing was people were really excited, but they were skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of means you're going in the right direction. And I think in these times you want people to be skeptical. You want yeah. people to be like, Hey, can these guys pull it off? Right. Can, can this work? And then it's on to recharges to prove it out and show people, Hey, if you do start to bring these things together, one, now your data and your insights are in one place, but yeah. also two, now you can do these automations and move way quicker on figuring out what is going to drive your business from a retention perspective. I like skeptically optimistic from people. (laughs) I feel like uh, we share this characteristic trait. I'm feeling it from you. You kind of like being the underdog, don't you? I I, I am an underdog. I'm used to being the underdog and I like that role. I don't know. That's how I think. (laughs) That's how I've always operated too. Also, what's exciting to me is these tools are coming out, but like we were talking about, every brand is going to have to operate uniquely. Benchmarks are going to become less important because you can't compare apples to oranges. What I'm excited to watch is we're basically arming these merchants with tech that allows them to do the things that they're meant to be doing as entrepreneurs and figure out their own journey, how these things come together, what the recipe is for their unique customers, not just how does D to C work, which to me gets very exciting. Yeah, totally. Like how can they just move faster and have that insight? And and I think you're totally right. The benchmarks are becoming less relevant because even if you're a toothpaste company and you sell it to people that care about the environment, right? Mm -hmm. I have a friend that does a product like that. And then let's say you're a toothpaste company and you're like, Hey, I, I have a toothpaste company for people who just have bad breath. <laughs> they might be totally different markets. And so then the benchmarks need to be different. And the way you do these things need to be different. Immediately, two brands came into my head. Bite toothpaste bits for people who really care about the environment and are looking for zero waste. Chili Mouth is another brand. It's a ghost pepper toothpaste. And it's all about the experience of having this spicy toothpaste. You think about a membership program on either one of those, the benefits 
wildly different because the reason somebody is shopping is wildly different. I know that it's really hard for our merchants right now, but it also gives them opportunity to become specialized and unique to their customers and then grow that relationship from there, which is really the foundation of sustainable business. Totally. Yeah. If you think about it, both of those brands, completely different, different markets and the community and tactics they should do are completely different. I got to ask you some fun questions. What are some other brands or merchants that are really exciting to you? Like who are leaders in the space kind of creating this, this future that we are building for? Who are you watching right now? I think a lot of times the people that are really crushing and the people that are most exciting are under the radar. One that really I loved at, at ChargeX was sitting down with the Crunch Labs team. Crunch Lab is started by Mark Rober, who's a famous YouTuber that talks about science and technology. And what they did is they built a learning subscription box where kids can learn about science and they get a STEM program box every month. And with a project and then it has a QR code and they can see Mark talking about the project and they built fart bombs and built bottle rockets and they build all these cool things and then they're engaging with Mark on it. And they're coming up with ideas of what the next boxes or projects. Yeah. And they've just grown like crazy and they're building this amazing community. And when I hear some merchant like that, I'm like, holy crap, like these guys are going to get millions of subscribers. Their potential is so high because who doesn't as a parent want their kids to learn about science and technology? And yeah. I just child so i like you start to think like this yes i want my child building bottle rockets with me and fart bombs and so i think that is just like an amazing movement another one that i love is overnight oats they have made it so that they can just create recipes and different flavors faster than anyone and they can distribute it better than anyone and they engage their audiences they do surveys and they understand oh here's the flavors you want and then they target like hey we just you said you want caramel flavor Here's a free trial or here, get in on this, or here's a bundle. We listen to you. They're really engaging people on the experience of building a company, but also on what are the products they want to see. And that Intel is just so valuable. And that community is so valuable. And I think that's where you look at and you're like, holy crap, like these guys are building an audience for life. You know? Yeah. My favorite part about both of those brands that you just brought up and My favorite part about commerce, I've said it before, it almost feels like this renaissance to what commerce was supposed to be all about. It really is about people sharing value that they hold and they have a special skill of magic, hidden talent to do this or that. It's come back around to being about the people and being about the connection between the brand and the consumer. But even deeper than that, between the people at the brand and the people buying the product. And to me, that's the golden stuff of commerce. And so it gets me very excited. I also can't wait to watch you and your kid make fart guns later in life. We're, what, just about seven days out of the end of ChargeX. This is probably an impossible question for you, but what was your favorite part of ChargeX this year? I mean, I think it was just talking to merchants, learning the good and the bad, right? I had a merchant super upset with me. And I love that because I'm like, (laughs) shit, how do I get better? Or maybe that merchant is not the right fit for where we're going, what we're building. And having that conversation, it's just so amazing because you're empowering people, you know? Yeah. So it was the merchant meetings and understanding how we can do better. And honestly, I saw all these merchants just really excited. They're like, we need this and we need it easier and we need it better. It's just like, let's fucking go. Yeah, I would say that was my favorite part too, was meeting with the merchants, but 
particularly starting to watch merchants brains tick after the keynote and after the announcements about products talking to them about it and you're watching somebody's brain mid conversation like epiphany epiphany idea we could do so many cool things with this oh how could we apply it to our brand so going from kind of where we started our conversation some hesitation even a little bit of weariness by friday i feel like these merchants were like i'm same thing as all of us at recharge i'm ready to get back to my desk and do some fucking cool shit because i know what's coming and i know the opportunities that i now have through recharge that was super exciting I do have to ask you this question. I don't know. Did you, do you remember your keynote? Did you kind of black out while you did it? Or do you have a good memory of it? Because if I remember correctly, when you walked on stage, there was like a really loud girl in the audience who was like, and you even chuckled at it. Do you remember that? Was that you? Yeah, that was me. Of course, that was me. (laughs) You were the head It was Uh, the most the most supportive woo I could have possibly given. And I saw you chuckle and I was like, yes, Kristen's here. (laughs) I was like, man, someone's really pumped. The best was I got a text within a minute of that that said, oh, KLF is in the building. (laughs) Everybody is reading or watching something exciting these days. And I'm always interested about people like you who are very busy and have very big things on their mind and probably are just spending a lot of time thinking. What are you reading or watching? What's keeping you entertained outside of this commerce world right now? Well, the one thing I love right now the most is Ben Thompson. He's a technologist, podcaster, and writer. And he just has the best content right now on what's going on around AI, what's going on with a lot of the big changes structurally in technology and so i just been really enjoying the content there it's just fascinating and yeah. just makes me excited as we build out recharge how do we build these things more into our products because i think it's fundamentally changing everything so that is on the serious note of content i'm consuming on the fun note i'm listening a lot to uh, this book called master and commander it was about a 1700s commander of a boat in the Mediterranean Sea and he's on the British side and he's plundering all the Spaniards and the French but it's good to get your mind off something totally different from the day in and day out. Yeah I feel like I tend to learn the most about this industry when I'm reading or learning about other stories and other industries and find the the weird connections that come through. I also love how thoroughly perfectly nerdy Oshin you are through and through so my last question nerdy? that I have to ask, nerdy in the best cool way. Fuck, nerdy is cool now, Oshin. It's 2023. Nerds right. are the cool ones. Thanks, KLF. <laughs> okay, brief interruption. I don't know that I recommend calling your boss's boss's boss, <laughs> CEO of your company, a nerd on the interview that you're running, but also kind of shows them that you're fun and a little bit brave, right? Right. Thanks, Oshin, for being cool. Let's continue. Awesome. Oshin, thanks so much. I know I know you're busy building literally the future of commerce for all of us. So I appreciate you taking the time and doing this quick recap. Where are we having ChargeX next year? Uh, we're going to have it in San Diego. Super Woo! exciting. Closer to home. You know, Sam and I can be my home. So that's always yeah. days, like how to get there quicker. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. had a long flight going home, didn't you? Yeah, you know. I really feel for people that got to go back and forth between East Coast and West Coast. So 
I'm with you on that one. That's why I live in the middle of the country. You know, I never have to go too far. <laughs> uh, Oshin, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. And thanks for joining us on the recap. Hi, right. take care, Kayla.